It's December 16, 2015, and welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's technology. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. We're going to kick off the show with a couple of news guests. McKay Davis is here to tell us about the monthly Code for Hawaii meetup. Then Stephen Hanneman is here from uh, Hawaii Pacific University to tell us about the HPU Biz for Good campaign. And finally, after the break, we'll spend the rest of the hour talking with students from Pearl City High School and Waianae High School about their VEX robotics teams. They were among the winners at the state championships over the weekend. We want to know what's needed behind the scenes to build a strong team and a high-performing robot. We'd also welcome your school robotics questions or stories. You can just call in or send us a tweet after the break. Very quickly before our news guests, though, updates from things we discussed this morning. First, I should just mention that our guests last week... Among them, the Menehune Hat Clips team also won the Global Startup Battle, which they mentioned on the air. They are in; they were second, tied for second runner-up in the overall category and uh, filing for patents and everything. So, congratulations! Yeah, to them. and then you know, of course, the notable thing about them is that uh, one was a ten-year-old, the other one was a twelve-year-old. And don't forget the six-year-old. Oh, six-year-old! So. But I didn't see her play a part <laughs> of that team that much. Exciting! But stuff. we also want to talk a little bit about the uh, drone registration, which I think is a, a big deal because. You know, this year, I think there are more drone models on the market for people to buy, and Christmas is right around the corner, and I think everybody who's going to give a gift, including myself, is going to give a drone gift. Well, I kind of like That's impressive, Bert. So, yes, it is, all, again, going to be a high-purchased uh, uh, item this holiday season. But as we've discussed previously on the show, the FAA had been working on developing a registration program mm-hmm. for it, and it is has been announced. If you go to FAA.gov, you can find the details. Basically, if you get a drone between 0.55 pounds and 55 pounds, and that covers almost anything large enough to carry a payload, like a camera, for example, you have to now register it with the FAA. Certainly, it's so that they can find it if it's lost, but I think it's more about accountability and who they will come knocking if something bad happens with your UAV. And part of the incentive, too, is that uh, it's a $5 fee. I don't think it's a big deal to register, but I think the penalties might be quite severe if you do get caught or violate some restriction. Uh, and the thing is, by if you register on the 21st throughout this period, 30 days, on January 20th, 2016, you can get your money back. You right. can get your $5. So back. register early. Certainly yeah. if it is a Christmas gift for you. And a final reminder yes. to the UAV pilots out there, certainly uh, if you're a member of local organizations, Facebook groups, you probably know this. But if a drone is on your shopping list, you cannot fly it on Oahu between the 18th, that's this week, and the 3rd of January because we have a very special guest staying on the windward side, and that puts a uh, uh, temporary flight restriction on the entire island. Right. So fly your drones indoors. If you're on the neighbor islands, you can fly your drones, but not on a Have way. all the fun you yes. want. Well, we got a couple of guests here. First up, we want to welcome McKay Davis, who's here to tell us about the Code for Hawaii monthly meetup. Welcome to the show, McKay. Hey, thank you for having me. Now, you've been uh, uh, kind of a regular guest, and we've had you come on and talk about a number of uh, kind of programming uh, topics. But uh, today, we wanted to... Chat a little bit about the uh, Code for Hawaii. I mean, and the Code for Hawaii, both Ryan and I are also involved with it, just to you know, fully disclose our involvement. But mm-hmm. uh, I think what's kind of neat about it is that you guys have helped, have helped establish kind of a regular meetup. Yeah, yeah. Since uh, June, uh, the Code for Hawaii Brigade uh, gained official status from Code for America, which is the parent organization uh, that's nationwide, and actually it's now becoming even international with Code for All. But uh, since the the June uh, official status, we've really had regular meetups every month. We've had three meetups, and we're starting to see some uh, regulars and some momentum. 
starting to build. Mm-hmm. Now, um, Code for Hawaii is a local brigade of Code for America, and it is focused on civic hacking for those unfamiliar with it, although it's certainly a passion of ours on this show. Briefly, what does that mean if you're a civic hacker? Well, it's all volunteer, and so it, it, exactly like you said, it's civic. And so what it is, it is really bringing technologists, which is you know includes designers, programmers, hackers, uh, really to help bridge the gap and create technologies to connect uh, citizens with the government. So sometimes we do work for the government, essentially, to try to make things easier for the public. And it's really to, at the public, and it's a user-focused uh, design mindset. Mm-hmm. And uh, what are some of the, I, I think, key fundamental resources that you would look to the government to provide in order for you to build applications? Well, a lot of this actually really centers around open data. Uh, the state of Hawaii and the city of Honolulu have uh, recently, within the last couple of years, opened up open data portals. Mm-hmm. And they're starting to publish a lot of the data that becomes available to the, the government and pushing that out to the public. And so people are taking that data and they're building things like visualizations on top of that. And then I think there's also the just overall movement of open knowledge, which could run the gamut of open hardware, open software, you know, open data. Mm-hmm open access, open education. I mean, there's a whole slew of sort of this open philosophy. In fact, I think one of the things that is really a testament to Code for Hawaii is the transparency that we've sort of created in all the documentation that we've, uh, you know, uh, developed and and put online. Right, right. Everything we do is transparent and everything is is visible to the public. And so, and what we're asking the government to do is to move more towards transparency as well, because everything that the government does, the public owns. Mm -hmm. And so one of the the projects that we're working on is trying to really uh, utilize some of the laws uh, one of them specifically being the Uniform Information Practices Act, or short UEPA, mm-hmm. and so Sunshine what, law, yeah. right, right, and so what we're and that's a Hawaii state law. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to build a portal that makes it easier for this UEPA request to be cataloged and accessible by all. Because what happens is when someone makes a UEPA request, that now becomes public domain. And currently, the way the system works is that an individual will get that UEPA request, but then they don't really share that back out to the public, and mm-hmm. the public doesn't, isn't really aware that this information is now available. And so if we can put that in some sort of online catalog, then that will allow the public to discover the data that has been released. Mm-hmm. And I, I love projects like that. It's That specific one has been an interest of mine ever since, uh, for years, because, for example, somebody can request all the salary information to state employees. They will pay the compilation charge to get that database, but mm-hmm. then they walk off with it. Mm-hmm. And if and it, it's actually bad for the government agency if I make the same request and they have to do all that work over again when the product of that initial request should just be made available to other people. So exactly. the other thing is, though, I'm not particularly a developer. You mentioned some of the other kinds of ways people can contribute. So at these monthly meetups, certainly you'll have the developers and the coders working on code, mm-hmm. pulling GitHub pulls and things. But what are some of the other things that uh, people contribute to? Well, you mentioned GitHub, and a lot of our workflow is based around GitHub, but that's really more for the technologist. And we're looking for anybody who's really civic-minded and who understands modern technology, anything from just understanding how Google Docs works to uh, creating you know, images. And what we really need is technology-minded people who are there who are just willing to put in effort for anything, to input data, to clean up data, to go out and just find these resources. Because... We just need somebody to make the connections. So what typically happens at some of these meetups, and how has the participation kind of evolved over the time that, you know, Code for Hawaii has been around? Well, we've recently started doing uh, twice-monthly project nights. So Mm -hmm. on the first and the second Wednesday 
of every month, we meet at the Box Jelly for two hours between 6 and 8 p.m., where we focus on actually getting work done. And then on the third Wednesday of every month, we have a general meetup, and that would be tonight. We have it 6.30 from from 6.30 to 8 mm-hmm. at the Box Jelly, where we kind of just discuss what projects are going on. And then we also are constantly uh, in touch online on Slack. We have a Slack channel that we share, uh, which is a for those not in the know, it's really it's just a chat, you know, IRC, that sort of it's thing. An email killer. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and productivity sometimes, yeah. too, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> but what happens is we we delegate tasks, essentially, and it's all volunteer, so people really kind of, they take off what they can bite, or they take off what they can chew. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. we try to keep the task very small, and sometimes it's really, literally as simple as, you know, please reformat this spreadsheet, or make a new logo, or, you know find out what's wrong or evaluate this website and tell me how could we improve it or even just, you know, fix a couple typos. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, And as people get more and more comfortable with the technology and the workflow, we give them bigger chunks to bite off. So of the monthly meetups, the general one is probably the most successful for someone who's new to the organization, new and just basically says, I like technology. I want to help my community. How can I help? And that's tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, Where can someone find more information on the code for Hawaii? Uh, the best place to go would be to go online and go to meetup, M-E-E-T-U-P dot C-F-H dot link, L-I-N-K. That is a URL, meetup dot C-F-H dot link. Fantastic. And, of course, that's uh, 6.30 tonight over at the uh, Box Jolly. So, and okay, it's, you're it's always be free and there's pizza. Pizza tonight. Pizza tonight. And what, you're going head to head down over there right after yep, this? right after this. Sounds very good. Well, thanks, McKay, Come for on joining down. us. Thank you. Thank you. And, of course, next up we have Steve Hanneman from the College of Business over at the Hawaii Pacific University, and he's here to tell us about something called Hashtag HPU Biz for Good, and that's a new campaign that they've got going on. Welcome to the show, Steve. Thank you, Bert. I really appreciate you inviting us over so we can talk about this exciting new challenge that HPU has come up with just for local high school students. Now, I see that the name of the campaign in a very modern and social way, connected way, is a hashtag. So I would assume that social media plays a part in this campaign. Tell us how that works. Absolutely, it does. And part of our design on this whole campaign was to reach high school students. And we all know they don't email that much. They don't call that much. They click the thumbs a lot. So hashtagging is a great way for us to reach out to students and to share the message. To enter this challenge, let me give you a brief overview of the challenge so we know where we're going. This challenge is for 10 students, Hawaii high school seniors graduating this year, to win a four-year full tuition scholarship to Hawaii Pacific University. Ten full scholarships, not just one win. Not just one. We will have up to 10 full scholarships. What, what, I mean, broadly speaking, that's not an insignificant investment. Is it from a sponsor or from the school? It is from the school itself. Hmm. The school is reaching out to Hawaii students. In the past, we haven't connected that well, and we recognize that. Dr. Bannister, our president, and our dean at the College of Business, um, Dr. Crown, they got together along with the other deans and said, we are not connecting with our Hawaii students like we should. This is a hu- community university. It's a nonprofit university. And with you've probably seen the Aloha Tower Marketplace renovations mm-hmm. that happened. That is now part of the HPU campus. And that is designed to be a community center, a meeting and learning place for the whole community. Tying in with that, we wanted to bring in more high school students. So we came up with the challenge as a way to do that. So what would a student, uh, for example, my, my talented and uh, 
far too growing up too fast daughter uh, if she was interested in participating in the HPU Biz for Good campaign what would that involve? It's actually really simple and with the December Christmas break coming up it's a perfect opportunity for the parents and the students to take part. All we're looking for is high school students who want to do something good for their community. That's it. That's it in a nutshell and to enter they take their smartphones, everybody's got one, take a picture that somehow represents the idea or concept that they want to work on, mm-hmm. put a one or two sentence description of what the concept is and why they think it's important, and post it to any social media that they want using the hashtag HPU Biz for Good, and that's B-I-Z. Number four. Number four, G-O-O-D. Okay, so. It's HPU. So they can post it to Facebook, they can post it to Twitter, but the the main thing is that they are actually thinking of a project, right? That's correct. And could you give us some examples of maybe some projects that have already been proposed? I can, and students can actually see some of the projects that have been posted on our, there's a website to go and register for the workshop. And on the website, which is at www.hpu.edu slash hpubizforgood, same name. They can go and look. There's a live feed for Twitter and Instagram and Facebook posts that come up showing what some of the students have done. They're addressing homelessness. They're addressing trash on the beach. They're addressing um, physical abuse, human trafficking. You would be amazed at what the high school students are already thinking about, things mm-hmm. they can do and work on. So even though you're here from the College of Business, we're, you're not looking for necessarily business students, students or future MBA students. No, we are not. We would... Love to have them all come to the College of Business and work towards an MBA. But this challenge is open to high school students who are interested in pursuing any of the 59 majors that we have in the undergraduate program. And that can be everything from international business to nursing to marine biology to computer science. So let's say hypothetically we have uh, 10 seniors. They submit these uh, tweets, posts with the hashtag, and you select them. And these are the ones coming in part of your freshman, uh, let's say, um, class, what would they actually start entering into in terms of curriculum or uh, any kind of, I guess, guidance that they would get to perhaps see that project to fruition? What would be the pathway upon which they would realize that project? That's a great question. Does it have to tie into their project? Direct answer is no, it doesn't. What we're looking for is the potential in students that are thinking about ways to improve the community. Mm -hmm. We would love to show them the tools and give them courses and curriculum to guide them towards doing that specific idea. And they will certainly get a well-rounded education. HPU is a very well-known international business university. But what we want them to do is to do what they're good at and what they want to do. Mm -hmm. Students will thrive if they're studying what they want to study, and Mm -hmm. we recognize that, and that's why it's not limited to a business scholarship. Now, certainly, it's relatively easy to take that first step to come up with an idea, take a picture of it, share with a hashtag, Mm -hmm. with a simple explanation of what your idea is, but there is also, once that is done, a workshop coming up in January. What does that involve? Once you take the picture and post it, then go to our website, which is at the hpu.edu HPU Biz for Good, Mm -hmm. and register for the workshop. It's a free workshop. It's a half a day on a Saturday morning. You're not committed for the whole day. And we will go over with the students basic tools and techniques on how to develop and sell and pitch your idea. It's similar to a business startup workshop, but we go a little bit beyond that and tell them how to start thinking about gaining community support, how to market, and how to talk. Because the final event 
in February, February 18th, will be a science fair type of a competition where the students will have a chance to give a three to five minute pitch using whatever media they would like, laptop or poster board or just themselves speaking to judges for the final judging. That night we'll be awarding the scholarships. Mm-hmm. So it's it's more than just academics. And there would, I imagine, be a panel of judges that would review these and is the event itself for the pitches open to the public? It is. It is, and we would encourage the public to come. This will be at the Aloha Tower Marketplace, mm-hmm. again, at that venue. And we want to get the students to have a chance to talk to as many people as possible and not just the judges. We'll have other community business leaders there that will be going through that aren't judging just to find out what the ideas are and how they can develop them. And already I see, again, as you mentioned, some pretty wide ranges from domestic abuse to biodegradable shampoo to uh, uh, student loans and helping students get away from student loans, sustainability, sustainable fishing. So it runs the gamut for sure. It really does. And, And we are just amazed at the number of ideas that are starting to come from the Hawaii students. So the um, the process is just the, the entry into the process is the post using the hashtag. Then the next step is really really is to go to the workshop. That's correct. You've got to go to the workshop. You have to come to the workshop in order to qualify for the final event. Right. And then if they actually put together a poster or, or whatever about their project and then participate in February – that is when the, the selection is made. That's correct. And what happens prior to that is we'll ask them to submit a short video, YouTube, however they want to do it to us, with a short pitch on what their idea is and a very short paper, three to five pages at most, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. explaining this is my concept, this is how I think I can do it, and this is the end result that I'm looking for. Well, this sounds like a great opportunity for high school seniors in the sense that we've we recently covered quite a few hackathons, pitchathons, pitch-offs, and a lot of times it's bragging rights, perhaps it's free access to a website for a year, but I would say a four-year scholarship to a uh, local university is a significant um, in, uh, <laughs> incentive yeah, to yeah, participate. Yeah. And, you know, the timing is right, right? Everybody is applying to colleges right now, February. Oh. I mean, if you know which one you're going to go to in Don't February I know is enough. It. <laughs> <laughs> now, you brought up something, Bert, I'll mention real quick, applying to college. The question comes up to us, do I have to have applied to HPU to apply for the scholarship? The answer is no, you do not. So it's its own path. It's its own path. You come in, you win the scholarship. You can be admitted to HPU. We'll waive the registration fees. Very good. All right. So that address, as he mentioned, is hpu.edu slash hpubiz for good. Well, thanks, Steve, for joining us. Thank you for having us. And, of course, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by the VEX Robotics teams from Pearl City and Waianae High Schools. What goes into designing the best robot? Of course, we'd love your thoughts or questions. As part of the conversation, we know there are many other robotics participants out there. You can give us a call at 941-3689 or reach us toll-free from the neighbor islands. They also represent well, 877-941-3689. And, of course, we're monitoring Twitter. You can tweet us your questions at ByteMarks or at Hawaii. This is ByteMarks Cafe. So let's say, you know, just speculating here, the Fed does raise interest rates. What do you suppose that's going to mean for you? You know, obviously everything's tied to interest rates. So credit cards, variable rate mortgages. And so anytime a rate goes up, it adversely affects our consumer base. I'm Kai Rizdal, economist to small business owners. The ins and outs of interest rates next time on Marketplace from APM. This evening at 6, following Marks Cafe.
Each week, New Dimensions explores the social, political, scientific, environmental, and spiritual frontiers with some of today's foremost social innovators, thinkers, scientists, and creative artists. Hi, I'm Angie MacArthur. I'm Donna Markova. We're authors of Collaborative Intelligence. Next time on New Dimensions, we'll be talking about thinking with people who think differently. Sunday morning at 11. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Bush Consulting and Sacred Hearts Academy. Welcome back to Bike Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. And joining us today are the uh, Pearl City team. And, of course, the Pearl City team consists of Hai Nguyen, who's a, he's a math teacher, and he's actually standing outside. And, of course, the Cheer. team representatives are Christine Uehara. She's a senior. And Sean Santiago, a sophomore. And from Waianae High School, brought here, of course, by biology teacher Sarah Kern, includes uh, Kalani Fernandez, a senior, Russell Kiono, also a senior, and Haven Bayshaw, an 11th grade or a junior at the school. And, of course, what is the secret in building a successful robotics team? We'd love to hear your questions and comments. And that number to call here is 941-3689 on Oahu or 877-941-3689 from the neighbor islands. We want to welcome you all to Bite Marks Cafe. It's good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's nice nice to be here. <laughs> okay, well, we've got, a, we've got a full house, but they're all shy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll work out. We'll, we'll, we'll get them. Well, you know, I guess we'll, we'll start maybe. I, I want to hear it from both of the teams, but uh, maybe we'll start with, with Wainai and, and Kalani, since you're you know, like closest to the mic. <laughs> we'll give you the honors of telling us a little bit about what, um, what brought your team together. In fact, I want to I mention that your teacher, uh, Sarah Kern, she mentioned to me that this this team really was self-initiated. She didn't have really much to do except being... In fact, I thought she was another student. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, she said that she's not, you know, she's not the ro- you know, really robotic teacher. She's not you know, like a techie person. But the team really was um, initiated their own sort of motivation to get this whole VEX challenge going. What, is it, what was it that got you guys together to do this? Um, what got us together is that when I, uh, Russell and Haven are already on the team, so when I joined, uh, Russell's my best friend, so I joined him, um, when we started building our robot, we kind of just wanted to, uh, have a simple design, so, I mean, during building our robot, we had our, it's a very simple design, then from there, it took off, and we added a bunch of parts, um, new, uh, pneumatics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's, um, and then we ended up getting an Innovate Award. Russell, yeah. did you want to say anything about uh, how did you recruit your buddy? <laughs> your best <laughs> Did you friend. Did you have to like twist his arm or, you know, like convince him that robotics was cool? Well, I kind of convinced him since he hasn't been any in any club before that. Ah. So I just wanted him to get, to get on a club that I was into so he can have fun or Vex Robotics as well. Oh, good. I see that, Russell. And, of course, um, this is a very important year to have that on your resume now. <laughs> uh, Haven, was it? Yes. Um, how about you? How do, what brought you into the fold? I first started robotics like three years ago in intermediate. Oh. It was an elective class. Mm-hmm. But then I really liked robotics, and I just 
kept on going from there and I've been doing robotics for like three years doing all of the competitions and staying as committed as I can that's fantastic so so back when you started in intermediate school what was that entry robotics competition or program that got you started before I actually did see um, a commercial about robotics it was about Vex Robotics uh-huh. and I didn't really think about it. I just saw Vex Robotics on the TV, and I was like, wow, that's really cool. Mm. And then we had to pick our elective classes, and there was robotics. I was like, might as well try it. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's, that's exactly great. how my uh, middle son got into it. He's he's in it now. Vex IQ, I think, is the, is, oh, the, yeah. is the middle school side, and I'm hoping he's on the same path. Well, Pearl City, we want to congratulate you for uh, winning the Vex Robotics competition. So that's... Uh, a great honor. And, of course, you guys are headed to Louisville, Kentucky. Is that correct? Christine, you look like you're just dying to say something. Christine, tell us a little bit about how you're – you guys actually have a pretty big team. I mean, I think the last count I heard was like 17 people. Yes. Um. So I got started in robotics in my eighth grade year at mm-hmm. Highlands. Mm-hmm. And my teacher for aquaponics was a, um advisor, so she asked me if I wanted to join. So that's where I kind of found robotics. And from there – Kathy. Lynn. No, um, Joan Okai oh, okay. was the VEX robotics teacher. So I just started robotics then and I fell in love with it. So I continued it on to like my high school years. So I've been a part of VEX for five years now. That's wow. pretty good. And again, um, middle school or intermediate school kind of being that gateway. Uh, uh, Sean, how about you? Um, I actually started robotics in elementary. Ah, I started elementary. with. Yeah, well, I last year. No. <laughs> <laughs> I started with Lego Mindstorm and I fell in love with building. So when I went to Highlands, um, I found out there was a robotics program. So I wanted to continue that experience and I did and I really liked it. So I continued on to the high school and here I am now. Wow, that's great. So there is actually some logic to the programs and the pathway that it might offer students. Um, Russell, uh, there are many robotics programs, and we really love kind of featuring them as they move through the calendar. For those who aren't familiar specifically with how they differentiate, you know, the VEX versus the underwater ROVs versus Lego Mindstorms and such, uh, how would you characterize what VEX is as far as that that whole menu of robotics programs? Um, I think I would characterize VEX as like kind of – well, there's another – competition called FRC and FRC is a way bigger that's the first robotics yeah first first robotics that's a bigger competition so I think VEX is a smaller part of that and then when you say smaller I mean the robots are actually smaller right yeah. because I remember when you came in and you said is this the big one and I said it's the VEX one it's the, it's the middle well there, I wouldn't say they're tiny I mean what's the dimensions of the box they uh, have to 18 by 18 18 by 18 inches right. but the, the first the first is like what is it is it huge I mean it's, is it is huge <laughs> it's huge <laughs> so okay so um, so the VEX is kind of in, in the middle but the the what I had experienced kind of judging and just going around and talking to the different students there's a lot that can go into the design of that robot Yes, there is. Um, so as my teammates said earlier, this robot has been modified and changed every competition mm-hmm. just to suit it. 
Mm-hmm. So it's sort of a sort of a modular platform. Now, Kalani, this year's competition, I, I can't, I'm trying to remember what it was called. It was uh, the 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 name of the challenge. Oh, oh, uh, uh, nothing but net. Yeah, nothing but net. So, what did your robot have to do? Um, our robot. Well, there's a lot of there's two different ways you could play. It was field and like defense. So our robot would sit in the back, and we would load our preload balls. In the beginning of the match, you get about 20 balls. So you put that into our robot, and you shoot it from the corner. Um, yeah, into and they the, score into based the on how many balls go into the net. Yeah. Now, there's um, Haven, there's also kind of this se- separation between uh, a time when you're at a control panel controlling it versus something that the, the robot has to do by itself, correct? At the beginning at the beginning of a match there's something called autonomous period where you program your robot to either shoot the balls or go into the field to try and get balls. Our robot just kept on running and we just put in the balls and shot the balls into the net. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were several robots that I think were so well designed that just by dropping the balls into the conveyor belt, it was going straight into the net. Just as, It was basically a matter of how fast you could load those balls yeah. into it. Um, well, Christine, yeah, you know, I was watching the uh, Pro City team, and of course, I think there were like three Pro City teams that were there. And, oh, four? Three. Three, yeah. So one of the teams I noticed had uh, manual load, and I, in fact, I shot a video, a short video of it, and it was um, very accurate in terms of, you know, it launching the ball from that location and getting it into the net. And I want to kind of understand what goes into the actual design of achieving that kind of level of accuracy. Sean, you want to try that? <laughs> oh. So um, every ball has a different density, and we experienced this through past competitions. Like, for example, the Wailuo balls, they're so rock hard. And then there's balls like Sacred Hearts where they're so squishy. So we had <laughs> in the beginning we had flywheels and it depended on the ball densities. So we decided to go with a catapult where it only tossed the ball. So it only depended on elasticity. Oh, very interesting. So even though it's because I thought that if this competition across the country, you're all supposed to be using uh, standard equipment so that you would. You design think this it. is at the NFL or what? Right. <laughs> there's there's no Tom Brady involved. So sometimes maybe it's because of humidity or maybe it's because of some other reason, altitude perhaps, that changes the the density of the ball. That's pretty impressive. Now, Chris, Christine, so. I, I did observe that some had a conveyor bolt that kind of sh- or shot it between two spinning wheels, and some used the catapult. Um, wouldn't a catapult have more opportunities for failure in the sense that, you know, those rubber bands can break? Um, well, I'm not quite a builder on the team, so that would be a Sean question. <laughs> <laughs> because um, what I do on the team basically is I take care of the business side and the design book, so I'm not always building a robot uh-huh. 100%. So. Um, I built a little bit in my freshman year, but since freshman year, I've been doing basically um, compiling all the data that we did to use the books. So, well, since we have you on the mic, I mean, we might as well ask you. You know, some of these data books were huge. I mean, they were like a foot tall of documentation, and I am, in fact, I think that's a that's a pretty um, major part of the team delivery right because you gotta i think part of the the evaluation was going into this this design interviews right i wasn't part of the design interview but i understand that teams went in and they brought their design their book right yeah and they had to 
actually answer a whole bunch of questions about the documentation. Can you? Did you go into that design? Yes, I did. And then what was that like? Was um, it as <laughs> intimidating as this interview? Basically, um, during a design interview, sometimes at different competitions, they take your book on the Friday night or Saturday morning, oh. and they have judges to look through it. And then from there, sometimes it'll be the judges select certain teams' books to interview, and or they just select all the teams and they go through interviews. So basically, they ask you what your role on the team is, what you contribute to the team, and they ask you about the design process, who does what on the team. And if you have data analysis, that was really popular to win d different designs and excellence awards. Mm -hmm. So we talked about what we had in our book. They mostly look for um, how well you can talk about your robot from the beginning to what you got to now. And it's kind of a struggle because you don't want to go overboard on what you're, you built from like each robot. They kind of want to see like a summary. Mm -hmm. And if you are able to do that, then they consider you for a design award. Mm -hmm. Now, what you did point out, though, is that the different members of the team have different roles. I, I'm getting the sense that Russell did a lot of building for the robot. Uh, uh, Haven and Kalani, starting with Haven, what was what would you say was your particular contribution, skill, or talent to your team? Um, my main uh, contribution to the team was putting the balls in when the ball was when the robot was in the corner of the field, so that it would go into the net at mm. the beginning of the match. And then when I did make it to the robotics practices, I did help build and try to add parts to make it better. And, mm -hmm. yeah. and how about you, Kalani? Um, what I contributed to the team was more along the lines of uh, my opinion. And during the competitions, I would say what was what you were supposed to do, like defend or go around and take the balls away from the enemy team or just coaching. Well, can you tell me a little bit about that? So there is, of course, your robot trying to make score points, but mm -hmm. there's also, as you said, the defensive side where you're trying to mess with the team on the other side. What were some of the strategies that, that your robot used or other robots you saw to stop other teams from scoring? All right, so um, during our competition, we have, uh, during in the robot, there's different kind of gears. There's like torque and speed. So depending on what you wanted to do, you if you wanted to be fast, you'd use the speed. But if you wanted torque to push enemy robots, you'd use the torque motors. Mm. So if they're about to shoot, you would just come from the side or maybe the back and hit them. Just not pin them or destroy the robot, but <laughs> just, that kind of just, just push them out the way, uh, make them miss. So it's kind of like a little bit like a bumper cars. Yeah. So you wanted to you want to know when to do that and when not to, because sometimes it'd be really good if you were to defend and block, but other times it might be good to score points since you have none. So what's the general, um, I guess, feeling amongst teams if you're competing and somebody's coming in and bumping you out of the way? Is there sort of <laughs> animosity that might grow as a result of that? Uh, yeah, you you probably want to get them back and maybe make them mess up just like <laughs> if they made you mess up. That where I would tell Russell to get that defend. One. Yeah, def <laughs> like I would be watching. He'll be focused on scoring. I'll mostly probably work on defending. Um, gotcha. Now, so, yeah. Sean, um, your team, of course, did very, very well. So this could be perhaps an opportunity to gloat. But one of <laughs> one of the things that I liked, even at the robotics competitions that I've attended, is that the enthusiasm and the cheering and everything, it's it's up there with, you, with what you would call a conventional sporting event. Uh, do 
over the years, as you mentioned, since elementary school, do rivalries develop between schools the same way they do in football programs and and the like? Uh, yeah, so we do have small rivalries with other <laughs> schools. They're all nodding and and smiling. <laughs> yeah. So that, yeah, well, who did you relish yeah, then? What rivalry? <laughs> what would you consider to be Pearl City's rival? Pearl City's yeah rival. Uh I'd say <laughs> you know how before <laughs> UH used to play BYU and that used to be their rival team. Who's Pearl City's rival team? I'd say the two big ones would be uh, Highlands and Wailua because they do have a lot of strong teams and it's fun competing against them to mm-hmm. see who who can get the first seed <laughs> or the highest skill scores. Now, do you do you know the the kids that are part of their teams and? You guys are all kind of, what, at the same same age, and are you guys eventually all going to graduate out of those programs, right? Yeah, we're all around the same age. I know quite a bit of people from Wailua. Mm-hmm. I, I know everybody from Highlands. Oh. Yeah. Well, because the smiles were so broad, Russell, I have to ask <laughs> you, uh, for the Sea Riders, who are you gunning for at these competitions? Um, well, most of our alliances were... Mid pack and 808 robotics. Mm-hmm. So we have a little bit of rivalry towards them because we, we've we been always against them for some reason mm-hmm. throughout all the competitions. And th- so, how well, that's a good point to, to bring up is that these this is also a team competition. Each school team actually needs to work with another school team, and as you mentioned, perhaps one that you would normally be gunning for. You have to work collaboratively. So, for your uh, in this at the championships, I think it was on Sunday. Mm-hmm. No, um, so Saturday. Saturday. Are you talking about the alliances? Yeah. Um, who are your alliances again? Our alliances for the finals and all that mm-hmm. stuff after the quarter finals. Mm-hmm. What qualifying matches? There were 808 Robotics and Wailua. Who's 808 Robotics affiliated with? Um, they're a homeschool team. Ah. So that's you know that was kind of interesting because the homeschool team as far as I could tell, consisted of maybe three or four uh, individuals that were all homeschooled, obviously at different homeschools, and they yeah. all met kind of, it you know, turns out they met at a writing class, hmm. and they brought their team together, and they've been around for a while too, right? Yeah, I have known them since my freshman year, since I met them when we went to Worlds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and Christine, who was the who was um, Pro City aligned with or allied with? We were alliance with our second team, um, Pearl City, and our third alliance was Punahou, mm. um, Punahou High School. Mm-hmm. And basically, um, choosing the alliance, we wanted to at least get one or two, but we had three teams qualified, so it was kind of hard to choose which one mm. we wanted to qual- um, qualify both for. So we went with the B team because um, they they were a field robot, so they could clear the field faster while Sean um, focused on focused on shooting long range. Mm-hmm. So we kind of just put that into play and we chose Punahou because their drive was like a good drive to drive up onto our ramp to lift. Mm. So all that came into play when choosing our alliance. Smart stress. So the, you know, over the course of the day, uh, you don't know who that final alliance is going to be with, right? So over the course of that day, you're trying to look at all the different teams and seeing what they're strong at and then how do you approach another team to find out whether they want to be a part of your alliance or not? 
Um, basically, what I've been through was you start a conversation with them about how they're doing throughout the competition, and sometimes they'll ask, "Oh, who are you gonna, who are you guys gonna choose?" And you kind of have a conversation. Mm-hmm. But sometimes is um, it happens where you kind of ask them mm. in the beginning, like, "Oh, so we're thinking about choosing your team. Are you guys okay with that?" And who would your like third final pick be if you were with us? And kind of we kind of get both sides, so it's not a one side deal. Did you need to have three in the alliance, or could you have just gone with two? We needed three in you our alliance. Three. Oh. Now Haven for uh, the Sea Riders. Was there a match made in heaven? A robot that you saw on the field? Perhaps not one that you ended up getting to align with, but you said, "Wow, if our robot was with that robot, that would be a, a, a fantastic pairing." I mean, of course, we want to be with the best alliance, which was Pearl City. <laughs> um, we didn't. We got. We got picked like last because our mm. ranking was really low at that competition, and we got really lucky getting alliance with Eight Away, which is a really good um, robotics team, and Wailua, which is really good too. So, yeah. was there something that Russell's robot did that worked well with them, or it was just <laughs> gangbusters all the way? Full at full speed. We do defense a lot. Mm. We're, so when we were with Wailua, we would defense and they would score the balls into the net while we try to get all the orange balls, which are double points from the green balls. And that's how we scored the most points we could. Fantastic. You know, I want to um, talk a little bit more about some of the design that goes into some of the robots. But what we'll do, we'll take a short break and we'll be right back after... Uh, Let's say our com- and we'll join our conversation with the Pro City team and Waianae High School teams and talk about their robotics competition and what keeps them motivated and of course the question that'll end the hour: What next for these talented young students? Of course, we would love to hear from you as well nine four one three six eight nine or if you're on the neighbor islands eight seven seven nine four one three six eight nine. You are listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Aloha, this is Leah Bernstein, president of the Mountain Apple Company. We became an underwriter in 2007 for Connie Kapila Sunday, and it has enhanced our reach into the Honolulu market, the Maui market, into the Big Island, Kauai. It's been a great boon to the awareness with a totally different crowd. Hawaii Public Radio, celebrating partnership, building community. On the next Radio Lab. We drop you smack in the middle of our dinosaur-ending stage show, Apocalyptical, which is recorded live at the Paramount Theater in Seattle. Includes amazing musicians, comedians, and of course... Oh, that is gorgeous. Explosions. Lots of them. What just happened? (laughs) That's on the next Radio Lab. Saturday morning at 10. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. And we're talking to students from Pearl City and Waianae High School. That includes Christine Uehara and Sean Santiago from Pearl City. And, of course, uh, from Waianae, we have Russell Keanu and Kalani Fernandez and, of course, Haven Bashaw. And, of course, uh, they all come from Waianae. 
Fantastic. So if you have your own experience with robotics, of course, we'd welcome your call at 941-3689 or from the neighbor islands, which always represent well at these robotics competitions at 877-941-3689. But right before the break, we were kind of talking about the competition, the engineering of the robots. Well, you know, the robot is 18 by 18, but anything inside that 18 by 18 can be customized. And so there's a lot of difference that goes into how the robot sort of the balls get fed into the robot, how they get launched from the robot. And then you guys, uh, the, you know, Sean, you guys mentioned the, the um, lift. And when I was watching, that was probably one of the features that was less, least demonstrated. And I thought it was kind of a cool thing. So I, I thought maybe you would describe what the lift does and what goes into actually designing that lift. So our robot had a low lift. So we took into we took into account before this competition that we wanted a lift because it would stand out against other teams mm-hmm. and that 25 more points would make a big difference in close matches. So we decided not to use any motors or pneumatics for that because we used 12 motors. So we decided to make a passive um release for our lift so it bangs the wall. And then it deploys. Oh, interesting. So now um, the the lift, as I recall, would deploy and another robot could actually drive up that lift, right? Yeah. And then what was the the um, successful deployment of that? I mean, uh, I saw some that sort of fell over. and <laughs> So you have to successfully get on top and you have to clear a certain distance from the ground, right? Yeah, so for a low lift to be counted, it has the robot, your uh, alliance, needs to be four inches off the ground. Mm-hmm. And for the high lift, it has to be over 12 inches off the ground for the 50 points. Mm-hmm. Now, Russell, I didn't spend as much time as Bert did there, but uh, I'm not sure I saw these lifts, but it sounds like kind of a matter of trust that you're going to, if you're designing a lift a ramp for your robot, you're basically saying, other team, please drive on top of us. I mean, <laughs> aren't there risks involved yeah. with that idea? There are risks involved with building a ramp because, as you said, you have to put a lot of trust into your alliance's robot because you don't want your robot to break if anything goes wrong or if their robot breaks. So I didn't want to have all that um, tension between teams if we broke their robot or if they broke ours. So it's a pretty unusual, it sounds like even though it's built in with a 25-point bonus, it's not something that many robots uh, tackle. Yeah, and plus it took up. It would take a lot of space with the um, building of the robot if we have built that. That's true. Great. You know, we've got a couple calls uh, we want to take, and we're of course just to let you know we're talking to the Pearl City team and the YNI High School team that just got done completing the Vex Robotics. If you have a comment or question, feel free to give us a call. That number is nine four eight three six eight nine nine four one three six eight nine. Very good. Nine four one. And eight seven seven nine four one three six eight nine. We want to welcome Max from Waikoloa to Bite Marks Cafe. Welcome to the show. Aloha, everybody. How's it? Uh, very exciting show. Uh, I have a fifth grade daughter who just got into robotics this year. I was wondering uh, if you folks would have any uh, advice, maybe to get her more inspired in robotics. Okay, Good great question. question. So. Uh, we don't have mics, I mean, the headphones for everybody, so I'll sort of repeat what uh, Max just asked. Um, and he asked about, uh, he has a fifth grade student, a fifth grade daughter, and she's 
uh, of course, uh, fifth graders, you know, elementary school, what kinds of robotics programs might she be looking for to get involved? Haven? There is something called FLL. It's called First Lego League. Mm -hmm. And you just snap pieces together, and there's little motors that you can snap to your robot. There's, like, different competitions, just like VEX. You just try to complete a task, like maybe pushing a ball. I experienced that also, and I thought it was a really fun competition. Yeah, that's a yeah. that's a good that's certainly a good idea. Now, Sean, Sean you started in elementary, elementary school. Yeah. What would be a good path for a fifth grader? Uh, I'd say mine, uh, Lego Mindstorm, because yeah. it teaches you um, to build, and then there's also ways you can learn to program. It's simple, like just click and drag, so it's easy for elementary students to understand. And these are thing. And one thing about robotics is not every student gets to bring the robot home, obviously. But with Lego Mindstorm, you can have that and have it in your 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 students' room at home. Yeah. Now, Sean, you know, uh, when you were a fifth grader, do you recall whether your elementary school had a robotics, uh, you know, robot uh, program, or what if what if you know, let's see, you I don't know, you went to what, Pro City Elementary, or oh, I went to Kanoilani. Okay, so what if your school didn't have one uh, a program? What would you have done? Uh, I probably would have done a sport because <laughs> oh, 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 oh. my next. So option. you wouldn't move schools, right? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, uh, Max, for uh, calling call. that Great in. Great call. And uh, we want to go to uh, Isabel, who is calling in from Wailua, which also had a pretty stellar team. Yes. Isabel, welcome to Bite Mars Cafe. Hi. 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 What did you want to share? Well, I'm a part of the documentation team on Wailua Robotics team. And I just wanted to share, I think it's a really great program, and it allows us to travel. Recently, I just came back from Japan and China and Australia. Wow, cool. So, Isabel, you went specifically as a, as a part of a robotics team to those countries? Yeah, well, for Japan, we actually got invited, and same for China, because since we're kind of considered up there for um, FRC and VEX, we got invited to multiple competitions, and I help more on the FRC side, which is a bigger type of robotics. So mm. they build, like, huge robots, and we travel the world, which is really fun. And, yeah, it's just a really great program. Cool. So are you guys, is the uh, Wailua team going to Louisville? Yeah, we are. We made it. Um, our A team made it by doing skills. We got first place at the States competition for VEX. Oh, very good. Very well, thank good. you for calling in and sharing your experience. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Christine, any comments about, uh, you know, being able to travel uh, with the uh, VEX teams? I mean, how how is... Um, the travel schedule for Pro City? Well, for the past couple of years that we qualified for um, any competitions, um, we normally have a fun day. So we either go for when we were qualified at um, for LA mm -hmm. in California, we kind of went to Disneyland, Universal, Knott's Berry, SeaWorld. But not, a, not all at the same time within the two years <laughs> we went. So, and we always go to a sports game because our advisor likes sports. So we always try to involve that for him. Is that high? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> normally we always like, go to a sports game. And some of us may like enjoy, like I enjoy sports. And some people are kind of like on the 
okay, we're going to a sports game. Yay! I'm just curious, how, how, how do you fundraise for all of this? I mean, you guys gotta, <laughs> it's not something that somebody's paying you to go, right? You gotta yeah. f- raise the money to do all this. So, um, our school, we have a spaghetti fundraiser. So, the people on our team, we sell tickets to our friends and families and teachers. Mm-hmm. And the cast supplies all the f- um, food, and we kind of help serve and we pass it out to the pickup, and they can dine in and eat. Mm. Other than that, we fundraise through um, Stan Sheriff. So, we have different boots, food boots at um, Stan Sheriff for the UH games. Mm-hmm. And we do s- snacks and then food stands, and our parents help out by selling beer. And we get like parts of the money and we get tips. So we can keep the tips and use it towards our robotics team. And recently we had a craft fair at Pro City High School and we had our own booth where we sold different crafts that um, the students and their parents donated. Oh, very oh, impressive. Very now, so, okay, certainly travel is a, is a certainly an, an incentive. <laughs> but uh, so we've had, we have many longtime robotics programs. I want to ask Kalani, who was recruited into it by his best friend and is just sort of getting into this. What was your favorite part of participating in VEX Robotics? Uh, my favorite part about uh, participating in VEX robotics competitions is the real positive environment. That's my favorite part about robotics. Um, you have to, well, it's not, you have to be nice <laughs> because <laughs> one match you could be going against them and the next match still beer, like alliance. alliance. Yeah. yeah. So, like, even during the last competition, um, a team sort of played dirty and they ended up being our alliance, the team that we made lose. <laughs> <laughs> they ended up being our alliance, and we did really good. We made it all the way to finals, and there was no hard feelings. It was just a competition. Well, that's sort of how life works, I would <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, the both of you, Russell and Kalani, you guys are seniors, and Haven, you're a, 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 a junior. Uh, and <clears throat> I kind of want to know, what's the succession plan for Vex Robotics at YNI High School? Russell. Russell, awesome. since this is your brainchild... well obviously i want to continue in robotics there is robotics in college too well well first before we go to your college and your succession i want to know what's going to happen to the vex program at yni high school once you two key figures in the team graduate (laughs) well when we graduate we're going to hand down the robotics team to haven and we'll sort of help her too with recruiting people as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we'll try to do better than this year <laughs> so so Haven do you I want to get your comments on this so you're going to be holding the baton for <laughs> Vex Robotics YNI uh, these two handsome gentlemen are leaving what is your strategy to build your new Vex team well this year we've been trying to recruit new people but it seems like Every time we try to recruit somebody, they just are not interested in it as much as we are, and they leave. It's a scary thought to know that I might be the only person on the YNI team, but, I mean, I'll try and find more well, people. Well, these guys are saying that they're going to be around. Yeah, well, I mean, like, the person that will be driving, the person that will be Where, actually, the, where the buck stops. Would yeah, be, yeah, 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 on the drive team, yeah. Now, Christine, you're a senior, but um, Sean, you're a sophomore, correct? 
So having started in elementary school, you have a significant uh, still high school career in robotics ahead for yourself. Is that something you're going to stick with? Yeah. Even okay. though you said that your second choice would have been sports, but you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're good with robotics. Yeah. I want to continue do, um, doing robotics because I want to go into the engineering pathway. Oh, All very right. good. Well, that's a good lead-in, Christine, for our seniors. Um, what's next for you having had this experience? I plan on going to UH Manoa and majoring in mechanical engineering. And I have a side um, um, like in the thought of my mind to be a robotics advisor later on after having nice. the background because I want to see like the spark in the kids' eyes of loving robotics. So I want to continue that on in my future. Oh, very good. Now, <clears throat> um, the Pro City team has a lot of members in it, and so I would guess that there is a, a sort of a succession plan, right? So you got sort of the, the A team, the B team, and the C team, so everybody, you know, there's a whole bunch of students that can pick up when the seniors leave. Is that correct? Yes, but this year we're losing a lot of seniors. We're losing six seniors this year, and um, we're kind of the leaders of the team. Mm-hmm. So we kind of want to pass our leadership down to the underclassmen mm-hmm. because we can't always be there because a lot of us are going to go to the mainland mm-hmm. and some of us are going to be focused on school. So we can't always be there to be um, the leaders. So we really want to push them into being leaders so they can continue it on. Kalani, what's uh, your plan moving forward? Um, after high school, I want to start saving up money for college. I plan to start off at Leeward Community College mm-hmm. and transfer over to UH Manoa. And maybe I'll take up robotics there. All right. And Russell? Well, currently I'm trying to enroll into UH Manoa, and I'll go for a mechanical engineering pathway. Wow, nice. Career. Very good, very good. So we would like to stay in touch with you guys. Uh, I know the Pro City team have some websites that you can sort of keep in touch with, right? Yes, so our website is Charger Robotics. At, um, dot weebly.com. Our Instagram is at Pro City High School Robotics or PCHS underscore robotics. Our Facebook is facebook.com slash Pro City High School Robotics. And we have a YouTube channel, but we have the wrong one on our business card <laughs> right now. So if you search up Pro City Robotics, you'll find a video of our team. Just well, very good. Yeah. Well, Math teacher, hi, Nguyen, and of course, team representative Christine Nuhara and C- uh, Sean Santiago. From Pro City High School and, of course, Waianae High School, we have uh, Kalani Fernandez and, of course, uh, Russell Keanu and Haven Bashaw. We want to thank you all for joining us here on Bite Marks Cafe. Yeah, thanks for having thank us. You. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we'll talk about the new innovation center at the UH Manoa campus called iLab. And, of course, if you miss any part of this, this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, email us at feedback at bitemarks.org. And you can also find us on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. And you can follow me at Hawaii. Our engineer is David Chong, and our executive producer is Beth Ann Koslovich. And we leave you with our song pick of the week. Here's a band called Helio Sequence and a song called Upward Mobility. See you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe.